we can change that if we as believers get on our knees and call upon the Lord. You all know what's happening in the world today. The dangers are getting greater, the problems greater, the challenges greater, but there is a way out. There is a solution. And you, the church, we, the church, have the solution. We have the answer. It's called the part of prayer. And I'm asking all of you to pray for what's going on on earth, that we would not see any more trouble in Europe, that God will bring peace and tranquility and harmony to Europe and Israel and the Middle East with what's happening in many parts of the world today, Iran and other parts of the world. We have the solution, sweet people of God. It's high time to pray. It's really high time to pray and call upon the Lord. You know, Satan wants to fulfill his plan before God's time wants it to be fulfilled because there is a plan that God will allow to happen in the future to fulfill prophecy, to fulfill his will, to to fulfill his will. The devil doesn't know what God's plan is, but God knows what the devil's plan is. And Satan's plan is to destroy prophecy, is to stop the coming of the Lord by causing things to happen before their time, before their time. But prayer will stop him. So God's plan will happen on time. God's will will happen on time. Because God is in control. But he has given us the power to agree with him. The power to pray and release his hand at the right moment. At the right moment. We're looking at what's going on today between Russia and the Ukraine and the troubles that we are looking at and the fear of this war spreading, prayer will change all that for the better, to bring peace. We're looking at what's happening in the entire Middle East, the troubles in that part of the world that just won't go away. They will be Solved at God's right moment, peace will come. So, and other parts of the world, of course. But we believers, and we all sense something is changing in the atmosphere. In one way, we see a move of God happening among the young people of the U.S. and the world that gives us hope. On the other hand, all the troubles in the world. But what God wants to do with you and through you is what I want to really talk to you about today. So, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to show us. I pray you'll use this to intensify the desire for prayer in every life. In Jesus' mighty name and for your glory. Amen. The poverty and the powerlessness of your average Christian today finds its explanation in the words of the Apostle James, 
when he said, ye have not because ye ask not. That's in James 4.2. So if you are seeing no progress, if anyone I'm talking to is seeing no progress in your Christian life, there's only one answer, neglect of prayer. If you're seeing no fruit in your Christian life, the answer is neglect of prayer. If you see sin coming back to your life, and if you see the power of sin increasing, the answer is neglect of prayer. Because God has promised us power. And he placed that power at our disposal. Ye shall receive power, he said. But that power is not ours till we pray. Yesterday I told you how it says in the book of Acts, these all continued in prayer, even though after the Lord gave the promise and he said, ye shall receive power, they prayed before the power came. So they understood we have to pray. Even though the promise is given, the promise will not be fulfilled without us praying. So ye shall receive power in Acts 1.8. Now in Acts 1.14, they had to pray to see it come. To see it come. So God Almighty wants us to understand without prayer, no promise that he gives us will be ours. So it says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things with which thou knowest not. Call unto me. We, we have to do it. Call unto me and then I will answer thee. And then I will show thee great and mighty things, mighty things that thou knowest not. Wow, what a blessed, mighty promise from heaven. In, in Psalm 50, in Psalm 50, you know, the one thing Satan fights us on is this area. He doesn't want us to pray because he knows when we pray, he loses, he loses. Call upon me, God says in Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. Thou shalt glorify me. Wow. That's what God says. So it's our job to call on the Lord, or otherwise no answer comes. Peter the apostle was put in prison in Acts 12. And the church woke up and said, no, we will not let him die. Herod had killed James. The leader of the church at the time was James, the brother of John, son of Zebedee. Herod killed him. It was the devil's plan to stop the church from growing. And the church said, no, we will pray now. They saw the result of prayerlessness when James was killed. They said, no, no, we're going to pray. In Acts 12, it says they prayed without ceasing. Perseverance. They understood that part. Half-hearted prayers will do no good. And we can't survive today on half-hearted prayers. We have to pray with all our hearts. With all our hearts. So it says these continued steadfastly. Acts 2, 42. These continued steadfastly in prayer. And they understood what I'm reading. Let's go to uh, Isaiah. 
Isaiah 40. Now we know this one by heart, all of us. Verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So here we see again, we have to call upon the Lord. We have to wait upon the Lord. If, if people are too busy to pray, then they're too busy to really have the power of God. Great deal of activity, but no results. And the devil is not afraid of activity. He's not afraid of machinery. He's only afraid of God. He's only afraid when people pray. Because when people pray, the Lord always shows up on the scene. Call unto me, I will answer thee. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He's there. So the devil is not afraid of, of activity, nor of machinery. He's only afraid of God. And machinery without prayer, activity without prayer, no power. The Lord will not show up. Just activity. Because prayer is the key. So the arm of God responds, the arm of God responds to prayer. And all of God's infinite resources, God's infinite resources are at the command of prayer. God's infinite resources are at the command of prayer. And today we need it. We need to hear this message over and over and over because the devil fights us over and over and over every single day not to pray. And the flesh fights us every day. The, look, the flesh does not want to pray. The flesh hates to pray. But God says you have to do it. I put my body under subjection, Paul said. Lest after I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway. So prayer is the key that opens wide, that opens wide. The inexhaustible storehouse, frankly, storehouses of divine power. Prayer is that key, precious saints, that opens wide the the inexhaustible storehouses of power, of grace, of God's mercy. Ask, it shall be given unto you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it shall be opened. That's what the Lord said. Think about what I'm saying. God will swing wide the doors of his divine treasures to us when we pray and only when we pray. So there's only one limit. There's only one limit to what prayer can do. And that is what God can do. Because frankly, since all things are possible to God, all things are possible in prayer. Because the Lord said there's nothing impossible when you pray. Nothing shall be impossible unto you in Matthew. So when you pray, everything happens. 
So all things are possible to God. All things are possible to those who pray. Possible. Nothing, nothing, uh uh-uh. Nothing is impossible with prayer. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with prayer. So frankly, prayer is what? Omnipotent. Prayer has all power. Now, when when we begin to pray, the first thing that's going to happen is God will reveal us to us. Like with Isaiah, you know, Isaiah 6, verse 5, he said, Woe is me, I am undone. And that's when the change happens, is when we see our inability, our weaknesses. Then we throw ourselves upon the Lord. And then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of prayer, now flows. Prayer flows out of us by the Holy Spirit. Groanings that cannot be uttered. So, really, Isaiah became a mighty man of prayer when, when he saw himself. He said, woe is me, I'm undone. And then when the Lord said, whom shall we send? He said, send me, I'm ready. Same thing with Moses. Moses saw his inability where he said, Lord, I can't even talk. Or Job, where he saw his, his inability And he said, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. All these men came to one place. And you'll come to that same place. When you start praying, God will show you you, the real you, the real you. And then you'll you'll throw yourself on him. And say, Lord, use me as a vessel because I cannot do it. Because frankly, none of us really can pray. Only God, the Holy Spirit, prays through through us. He knoweth our frame. He remembers we are dust, you know, the Bible says. And he knows our infirmities, for we know not how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself prays with groaning that cannot be uttered through us. That's what happens when you start to pray. You move, like I've always said, from the outer court to the holy place, to the holy of holies, like the tabernacle. In the, in the outer court is where the struggle is. But then that's, that struggle comes to an end when we surrender and we enter the holy place. And, and now you know you're in, in a new place in prayer. And God begins to use you. The Holy Spirit begins to use you in prayer. And then you, you enter into that holy of holies where you practice the, the presence of the Lord. And you come out a changed man, a changed woman. So this is important. There will be a revelation of who you are. And then when you pray, something else will happen. God will deliver you from your sins. Because, you know, you can't affect other people's lives when you pray. You can't intercede till God deals with you. You have to to throw yourself on him, just like Isaiah did, just like Job did, just like Moses did before him. And now David found out, he said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. When he prayed in Psalm 51 too, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So he, he understood the key to power over sin, prayer. And prayer also, is so powerful, it keeps you walking with God. You can't fall. 
You can't weaken as a, as a Christian. Because how can you pray for someone else if you fall away, if you weaken? And prayer will keep you strong in the Lord. In Psalm 17, verse 5, David said, Hold up my goings in your path. Don't let my feet slip. That my footsteps slip not. Don't let me fall, Lord. Keep me walking with you. So prayer has that power to hold us up. Because we can't really pray for the world unless we are fixed. God will correct what, what, what concerns us. Perfect that which concerns me, David said to the Lord. So this is really important. Next. Prayer, once you start praying, God will govern your tongue. You'll you'll see the difference in your speech. Think about what, what, what I'm giving you. First, prayer will reveal you to you. Second, prayer will will cleanse you from sin and give you power over sin. Third, prayer will hold you up and keep you walking with God. And four, prayer will govern your tongue. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Psalm 141, verse 3. And only prayer does that. And when we pray you and I will see those changes in our life. And only when we pray, only when we pray, God also gives us wisdom. It says, ask, and God will give you wisdom. Wisdom, James 1 verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Wow. Imagine God putting is infinite wisdom at our disposal where we're making the right decisions in life. We're never making the wrong decisions because we are, you know, people of prayer. People of prayer know who they are. People of prayer will walk with God. People of prayer will not fall into sin, will not let sin have dominion over them. Everything I've been, I've been giving you. And now people of prayer will have the right wisdom for the right moments when they need it. Because otherwise, foolishness sets in. Rather than walking in wisdom, we are walking in making mistakes left and right. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Psalm 86, 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. We walk in wisdom. Show me your way, Lord. Teach me your path, Lord, that I won't make a mistake. And here's what I love. And listen, listen, all I'm giving you now, these changes will happen in your life before you can pray for what's going on out there. Because the second you begin to pray, God will fix you up first before he can fix things that need to be fixed outside of you. Because he's got to fix us first. We all need this. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, 
Open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. So prayer has that power to open our eyes, to behold wondrous things out of God's word. So difficulties vanish. Uh, foggy passages become clear as day. Old familiar portions in the Bible become bright and luminous. They have new meaning, new power, living power. So prayer can do more, prayer can do more than a theological education when it comes to the Bible. Prayer can do more than someone going to school to learn the Bible. Because you can, you can go to school and learn the Bible and still be blinded about its truth. But God reveals its truth when we pray. You know, Paul the Apostle, who was Saul of Tarsus, he knew the Bible. And before he was saved, he did not see the truth of the Bible. He went out putting Christians in prisons and so forth. But on the road to Damascus, the Lord met him, and then he prayed all those days in, the, in, in Damascus. And Anas comes and prays for him, and the scales fall right off. Then he saw clearly. So prayer is what did it in his life too. When he prayed, the scales came off. Then he preached Jesus right away. While he could not see Jesus in the Old Testament prior to that. Fog was all over him. So prayer, only prayer, can really open the Bible to us. And only prayer can help us understand the Bible. How can we pray for the world if we don't understand the Bible? Because we cannot pray the promises then, can we? But that's what prayer does. And prayer has the power to bring the Holy Spirit in all his blessed power on our lives, in his amazing grace in, in, in our lives. Now, <clears throat> the Bible says that we would receive the Holy Spirit because of prayer. Now, precious people, I want to talk to you right now from my heart, one-on-one. I'm very concerned about Israel, what's happening in my part of the world. A lot of trouble today in Israel. They want to take the authority of the courts away by giving it to parliament, to the Knesset. Uh, a lot of trouble, riots now, protests on the streets. Will it cause civil war? I don't believe so, but we need to pray for Israel. We need to pray for the entire Middle East right now. And then you see what's going on in China, between China and Russia right now. There's an alignment that could bring changes to the world as we know it. See what's happening in Europe. We don't want to see this war intensify. We see what's happening in Iran and with Iran, inside Iran, Taiwan and China, the United States, the Western world, all the fear, all the trouble. 
It's time you and I understand the promise that we have power over all the power of the enemy. And I would remind you of what Catherine Kuhlman said years ago when they asked her, what advice would you, would you give the body of Christ if you had one, one advice? What is it? No nation, she said, is stronger than its spiritual forces, meaning only the church, only you, only we have power over those forces. And Jesus said, in my name, you ask in my name and I'll do it. If two will agree, it shall be done of my Father. I'm going to ask you to hold a prayer meeting in your home. I'm asking all of you to start praying and ask people from your church, people from your fellowship, people from your neighborhood who are born again believers to come and pray with you, family members to pray with you. Let's let's take a month at least to really call upon the Lord right now. And I believe God will visit you in a new way in your home. I'm not only asking you to pray as individuals. I'm asking you to call a group of people to pray with you for all these problems out there. I'm going to send you an email. If you will send me your address, I'm going to send you an email, things that we must pray for. And I'll, I'll give them to you in priority. What are they that we need to pray for? And call your friends with you. Who knows what God will do through that? Who knows what the Lord will do through these prayer meetings that I'm calling you to begin holding everywhere, in your homes, maybe in your church. If I'm talking to a pastor, please begin calling on your people to pray and have a prayer meeting weekly, weekly with your people. You'll see the change immediately. When we had OCC in Orlando, the Lord spoke to me to have prayer meetings on Saturday and Tuesday in the morning. That's when the move of God came to the church. It was incredible what God did when we began praying. It's high time we pray again. And, and like I said, when God begins the change, he'll be in it first in you, and then you'll see the change through you. So, Lord, I give you praise that you'll do that in all of our lives. And, Lord, intensify the desire in every one of us. Let it be like a mighty fire in us, like a mighty fire burning, intensifying, to pray and call upon your name. For you said, call upon me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We give you the praise. Amen. All right, it's time to give to the Lord's work. I'm going to ask you to give. It's time to support the work of the Lord. It's time to get the message of the gospel out to the nations. And I'm going to remind you of God's promises. David said, I'm old, I was young, and I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. He said, honor the Lord with your substance. In the Proverbs, Solomon wrote, Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. So shall thy barns be filled, filled with plenty. Your presses will burst out with new wine. God said to Israel in the, in the book of Exodus, I want you to come before me three times a year and no man will, will appear before me empty. Why? To honor the Lord. In Malachi chapter 1, the Lord said, If you give your governor 
a polluted gift, will he accept you? No. We're to honor the Lord. And when we honor him, he honors us. And the Bible says, honor with your substance. And the first fruit, meaning that with your tithe, the first fruit of all your increase. The tithe is not the law. The tithe came before the law. Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek. That's way before the law. Jacob said to God, I'll give you 10% if you take me in my way and bring me back safe in Genesis 28. That's way before the law. So if somebody says, well, this is the law. No, no, no. It's the word. That's how we honor God. By honoring him with our tithe. With our substance. With the first fruit. That's the tithe of our increase. Let's do it today. A lady asked me years ago, where do I tithe? I said to the ministry that is blessing you. We don't give our tithe to a building. We give it to the ministry that's blessing our life. Do it today. All right, you can sow your seed now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benin.org, which is the simplest. Or you can text BHM 45777. And don't forget to send me your email so I can send you and buy email quickly the list we need to pray for, the things we need to pray for immediately. You'll get that from me this week. By the end of this week, you will have the requests that I have. I'm going to send you that list in email. God love you all, and I will see you tomorrow for another glorious day. And I'll be led by the Lord. You know, I just am asking God, what do you want me to talk about? And I knew it, that yesterday and today I was talking about High time to pray, and it is. Pray, call upon the Lord, and he will answer. That's his wonderful promise. God love you. Bye-bye.